Welcome, welcome to Throws Podcast. Today we have incredible guest, Franz Kruger, one of the best discus throwers of all time. He is bronze medalist from Sydney Olympics, and this is Olympics where it took 68 meters to uh, win a medal. And he did really well right from the first throw, uh, shaking up some uh, legends out there, Riedel and Alekna. And uh, he was only 25 years old. Uh, he is best is 70-32. He threw this while competing for South Africa. Um, but he also threw 69-97 while competing for Finland. So he is a Finnish record holder and South African record holder. Also, uh, continent of Africa this is still record. Um, but what's most impressive for me uh, in terms of his career, uh, Franz Kruger's career, is not that he just you know, threw that far and won all these medals, uh, Olympic medalists, but also that he's still throwing. And he's now in his fourth decade of throwing. So, guys... He threw in 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. So he's still throwing. Last year, he threw almost 60 meters uh, through 195, for those of you who are better in the feet. Um, so what he talks about in this podcast, what I was very curious about is, first of all, how far, uh, how, how can you throw that far, right? And also, how can you throw that far for that long? So he talks about his training and uh, things that he's doing with his athletes now. He's a coach in Finland. Also international coach. He coaches online as well. Uh, he talks about technique and the reason why he threw that far when he was that young and why some youngsters are throwing as far as he did um, as well uh, for not needing to be very strong but emphasizing technique a lot. So he's really technical and he believes that's the way uh, to throw far, not just one time but also for many, many Uh, years as he is doing that um, and we discuss uh, some of the limitations of human body really interesting uh, theory that he has about how far humans can throw uh, in each event so check that out uh, really interesting uh, point of view so for all of you those coaches out there who are coaching young athletes or you are coaching yourself uh, this podcast uh, will be really helpful for you to get a sense of what kind of injuries in terms of technical stuff that you need to do to avoid injuries and how to train properly and train for a long time and obviously franz kroger he's one of our uh, uh, legends one of our idols in terms of longevity he's still like i said throwing so we had a good conversation about people in the past and he's still throwing with some of the best ones out there and throwing really far so franz uh, thank you so much for your time Uh, guys and girls, enjoy this interview. Take some notes because this is uh, one of the best advices that you can get at any time, especially early in your career, is how to train properly uh, to be able to throw really far and for a really long time uh, with least amount of injuries. So uh, take some notes and enjoy the podcast with Franz Kruger. It's minus six outside. I was just outside, so I have some Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing we can talk about. How did you adjust from South Africa to uh, to finish cold? Oh, yeah, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. Franz Kruger, Olympic uh, medalist, uh, one of the few guys who threw over 70 meters. Uh, thank you, Franz, for so much for your time. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, but well, no, no. Uh, we are delighted to speak to you uh, uh, shortly about um, all your successes and what you're doing now. 
I had a good uh, good friend talked uh, about you the other day. We talked about you the other day and uh, how envious we are of you still throwing, right? So <laughs> this is 2000 <laughs> uh, medalist and you're still competing. And we chatted a little bit on a call. Your story is amazing. Uh, your uh, whole career and what you're doing now. Uh, but tell us, uh, Franz, how did you get into throwing discus in the first place? Uh, why not rugby or something like that? Well, um, well, I was I was playing rugby for a long time. Actually, I was playing up uh, up until I was about eighteen, and uh, it was a big choice, actually. But uh, but at that point, I was doing so many different things that that you know the, the discus throwing was was good, but it wasn't wasn't great uh, until the point when uh, we got a an old thrower came to to our school, our high school, and uh, he was the coach there. Uh, you want the toy, and uh, and that kind of gave me that inspiration. And, and I think maybe two years after he got there, uh, I won the World Junior Championship. So that was that was quite uh, quite a quick rise, and uh, never looked back from there. How how old were you when you started throwing? I was about well, I was about well. We never threw discus before we went to high school. In South Africa, so uh, mm. I was probably around 13, 14 when I started uh, okay. playing around, doing everything: shot put, discus, hammer, javelin, everything. And then, uh, and then when Yuan came, then, uh, then I kind of uh, focused on the one. And uh, okay, I guess it was a good choice. What was your javelin best? How'd that go? Uh, <laughs> I was I was so you're in javelin. Finland now, the land of javelins. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I was a good javelin thrower. No, no, that was oh. I was uh, I don't know. I was throwing it on a horizontal plane. Everything is moving in this plane, so throwing it, the javelin on the side, out the side. So yeah. it was never really that good. But uh, but we all did it and all had to do it. So uh, it's part of being at school. Okay, so that's one thing I would say that lacks in US is kind of selection to kind of see mm -hmm. what you're best at. I know Germany does a great job uh, in some countries about, you know, doing all the sports, all different events and kind of kind of see what you uh, what you're best at. I heard, I don't know mm -hmm. the story about Lars Riedel, that he was the athlete or he tried uh, before he mm -hmm. started this kid uh, full time. Um, is that something that's normal in South Africa or it was just unique for your coach or your high school? Um, I think I think what's unique in, in South Africa is the fact that we have this uh, the system where um, all, all the school kids uh, compete in all the events at some point to kind of go through a qualification round uh, because we have this internal, inter, in the school, we divide the school into different houses or different, uh, different groups according to surname. Uh, at least we did it in my high school. And then all the kids com went around and um, and did all the events so that we knew basically then who can do anything. You know, I was doing the, we were running 800 meters, we were running sprints, we were doing long jump, you know, so you you went through this this period when everybody was doing everything. And that's kind of how, how I actually started throwing discus because um, when I went to high school, uh, I was basically first year in high school. So what is that junior? In, in, in America and uh, yeah. we we as the juniors we had to do all the dirty work so we were we were tasked mm -hmm. to uh, 
to throw the or to get the discuses back when the seniors were throwing. And after a while, you know, we we're clever guys. We started to think, yeah, but it's much easier to throw it back than to uh, than to carry it back. And uh, and I was then throwing further than the the seniors. You know, when we were throwing it back, back I was throwing yeah. it further than the seniors. So the the, the teacher said, listen, uh, we need to have a chat. We <laughs> need to come and train after school. <laughs> okay. So that's how that started. Yeah. That's uh, I think it was all order. No, it was. Uh... One of the coaches, one of the videos, he said he will get his 10,000 throws by throwing back uh, after mm. after he would throw. So the, you were getting your 10,000 throws uh, already, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, started early. Started early. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, I think and that, that system works quite well, especially to identify identify talent. But then, of course, now, these days, there's there's been a big push. And, of course... Uh, rugby is a professional sport, and I think you have maybe the same issue in, in, in the states where you have uh, football and basketball. It's the same size and the same type of guys that do both, so uh, it becomes yeah. a it becomes a competition now, especially for talent. Yeah. Well, uh, no. So you're yeah, you're luckily you stayed in track. Um, mm -hmm. 2000 Olympics. People say the 2000 Olympics was the best kind of Olympics, organization-wise. Uh, obviously, great results. Uh, mm -hmm. How did that feel? Just being it was your first Olympics, right? Mm -hmm. And you win, mm -hmm. and you win a medal, and you win a medal. Uh, how how did that feel? Yeah. Well, it was kind of surreal. Um, I was also that that those let's say 99, uh, 2000. Uh, 2001, I was kind of in in such in very very good shape, and uh, we, you know, I was 25 years old, so I didn't have any choice than to be in good shape after all the training. And uh, mm. you know, you, I could stand on my head and throw 65, so it was it was it was kind of easy in that sense because it made you give you a little bit of confidence going into the competition. And and of course, I knew all the throwers, so it wasn't that big a deal. And maybe it was a good thing that it was the first competition. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, or first Olympics, didn't know what to expect. Uh, you know, and and you know, walking in there, big eyes. You know, you uh, don't know, don't know who's who. Uh, if yeah. you didn't know who's who, I think then it would have been a little bit more difficult. But uh, but I think at that point, I've already then competed against most of the guys, and uh, uh, you know, especially I think uh, me and Jason were, were, were chatting away. You know, not really focusing on the, on the actual throwing, so I think that helped a lot as well. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Get your mind, get your mind out the competition. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's remarkable because I remember watching as a kid, uh, watching on TV, and obviously um, Alekna was huge uh, already um, mm -hmm. um, in terms of who's going to win, right? Chances of winning Alekna and Riedel. Yep. Uh, and you had your you know, Jürgen Schultz, you had Kapchuk and those guys, Dubrovchik. Uh, but I remember after your throw, everybody's like, what just happened? 68 meters? <laughs> like, who's this kid? Uh, but they always knew about you. But that was mm. enormous. And I remember you were just like, yeah, go. Mm. Uh, must have felt great. A full stadium like that. It was. It was. It was um, actually uh, just before I went to to Sydney, um, We I had some... some uh, some exams I needed to write at uh, at school, uh, at the university, wow. and and so I couldn't be there. You know, for we we tried to get the whole team there, 
about two weeks before the competition just to acclimatize. Acclimatize, yeah. So, uh, so I couldn't get there. Um, and what we then did is I actually changed my, my time to Sydney time while I was in South Africa. Oh. So I had my training sessions in the morning very early and very late at night and then sleeping through the day these type of things. And um, <clears throat> we organized a small competition in Bloemfontein where I was studying. And, uh, and I actually threw a 69.75 just before we left, maybe a day or two before I left. So I was kind of in good shape. And then I basically surprised myself when I was in the qualifying round, the first throw of 67 meters. And that was, yeah. you know, nobody was expecting that, not even the South Africans. So it was, uh, it was, uh, let you say a big surprise for me also so it was uh, i knew i was in good shape and uh, i think I, I actually surprised a bunch of guys in the competition as well so so that i can i think that uh, that definitely helped me but yeah. then it was a tough competition it was a tight competition it was uh, those years i think it was very similar to, to today um everybody was very close um you know people were throwing 60 69 68 67 all the time not too many 70s though those mm -hmm. years but uh but it was definitely uh all getting close but uh you you needed to be in shape to actually do anything and i think in that competition you know it was i think for those years it was maybe the best competition uh ever the highest level competition. yeah 68 plus yeah very very close yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, it was it was it was amazing, uh, and we talked about we talked about a little bit how generations come. And you and you threw obviously now we have young young kids, quote unquote, young men uh, who you mm -hmm. whose fathers you threw with, right? So Alekna, uh, <laughs> younger now, he's throwing far, and you threw with mm -hmm. you know throwers from eighties, right? Someone like Jurgen Schultz, right? he was an eighty mm -hmm. thrower. You throw with those guys, and you threw with your generation, obviously, Alekna, Riddle, you. Um, and now, young generation, you throw with them. Mm -hmm. You threw at the meet with Czech mm -hmm. and Stahl. Yeah. So your span is of generations, about 50, 60 years of, of, of uh, discus throwing. How do you see discus uh, changing, or what are some things that you noticed over, over, over the years? Because you, you, know, you were out there at that top, and now mm -hmm. kids are... I call them kids, but they're, you know, young men throwing really far as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, um, well, if we, if we look at um, how the technique has changed, there's, there's, there's a lot more, uh, even, if I, if, even if I compare it to the guys that were throwing 96 Olympics, uh, mm -hmm. if you think Ubartas, if you think... Uh, uh, there were a lot of guys there that you could see they were very strong, but the technique was maybe not 100%. Um, mm. And I think that has changed in the sense that, that the, the techniques have gotten better. Uh, they've gotten mm. a lot more uh, efficient. Um, of course, we, that's the, you know, myself being, being a technician, I was never very strong. So I had to, I had to rely on, on a fast arm and, a, you know, trying to be as efficient as possible um you know and i think that's that's the thing that's that's getting better over the years <clears throat> you know if you think uh somebody like uh Mikolas Alekna when he's throwing you know first time i showed it to a friend of mine he said shit but that guy knows how he's he's controlling his body he has his body in control all through the throw you know that type of thing is is now you know it's coming more to the fore it's not 
it's not that uh, you know you, there's not that many power throws, even though the guys are quite strong these days. But I think the techniques have improved a lot. Um, yeah, like Robert Harting is the last non-reverser. You were non-reversed. Mm. Right? There were so many people who non-reversed. Uh, Cap to Jurgen Schultz. All right. Um, do you think that's because of reverse efficiency, or just people are more, um, like you said, they're not trying to get powerful as they are? No, I think it's a question of um, that I have a lot of theories, and there's a lot of uh, lot of ways that I'm thinking about the sport and and over the years. But um, but I think if you if you think you know when you when you throw a discus, there's a it's all about the the speed of delivery. So at that point that the, that the discus leaves your hand, um, there's three three you know, fastest you need to look at the, the one is the, the height of delivery. So of course, a, a tall guy is going to have a better chance there. Um, if you think of the angle of delivery, that is then, you know, according to, you know, what the wind conditions are, you know, high, how, high, how, how low you're throwing. But then the, the, the biggest, uh, biggest um, uh, component there is then the speed of delivery. And okay, over the years, we've seen that there are certain uh, speeds that would give you a certain distance, you know, in, in zero conditions. So zero wind, zero effect from, from external point of view. Then, you know, so if you want to throw 70 meters, there's a speed you need to throw. And I think guys are now realizing that, you know, the amount of power you need is to be able to handle that speed. And I think that's becoming more and more coming to the fore that, you know, the speed at that point of delivery is becoming more consistent in throwers now, when i was throwing i never threw uh very hard in training you know when we were in competition we would throw hard um you know but then it was also one day on one day off one day on one day off but these days it's a lot more consistent and, uh, okay. and i think guys are realizing that you know when when you generate the speed through the circle it's much easier and it's much more consistent than what we were doing when it was uh trying to throw uh so from a from a non-reverse, I think that's the that's yeah. the, the, the big so you, thing is also that it's easier to generate that speed uh, in a in a, in a non or in a reverse. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and then for that you don't have to be, I guess, as strong, right? You don't have to have amazing stand throws like yourself mm -hmm. over sixty meters. You know, people train their whole life to throw over sixty, and you. <laughs> Harting, I'm sure he was able to. I know Lars Riedel was a mm. famous for his stand throws. Um, yeah. So I guess that's uh, that's different, different approach. Uh, but I will say for somebody who's a power, I guess you're not as powerful, uh, but not reverser, you're still throwing, right? You're, you're still throwing successfully. Uh, you almost hit 60 meters last year. I think it was 59 or two years ago before COVID. Mm. Um, what do you think? How did you avoid or did you? So obviously throwing, the big thing is injury uh, in every mm. sport. How did you avoid that or how did you, how are you still able to throw? <laughs> um, I think in, in, in one sense, you need to be a little bit crazy to still, to still be doing it. Um, but then I think also um, when I was throwing, I was never, I was never the strongest. I was never the, the, the guy that would be training the hardest in the gym. Uh, my success, I think, came from throwing a lot and, and throwing a lot of implements, so very specific type of strength. Um, but then also I had a, a background in swimming. 
I had a background in a lot of sports, rugby, cricket, uh, a lot of type of things that I was doing when I was younger. So I think I had a quite a good base. Uh, and then also, you know, I, I spent a lot of time uh, on recovery, uh, you know, not just, uh, you know, not training, but then also thinking, you know, playing other sports like uh, I played squash a lot uh, you know, to get the, the, the general movements and general mobility, you know, always kept that up. Um, or swimming once a week. Uh, these type of things kept me, I think, kept me, kept the shoulders loose and then kept things going. Um, but then, you know, why am I still throwing? I think uh, uh, there was a time when I was not throwing. Uh, officially, I retired in, in 2010. And then uh, afterwards. The first uh, time. The first time. For the yeah. first time, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, I didn't do anything for about six years. And then uh, there was a girl here in, in Finland that, uh, that came to ask me if I would coach her. And then while I was coaching her, then. And you always need to show something, you know, to demonstrate how things are working. And, do a drill, yeah, do a drill. Exactly. And uh, and I, I found that I could still do it. And I, you know, one day she said, why don't you throw? So I said, okay, well, let me throw and we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah. I had a, had a 50 meter throw and I thought, well, maybe I can still do this. <laughs> and uh, uh, that was the first year that I, then I came back, uh, competed in the Finnish championships, uh, got a silver medal. Uh, and then after that, it's been been gold medals ever since. But uh, now I'm waiting for the next guy to take over from me because uh, can't be like this at the old boys. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. We, we talked about this a little bit too. Um, it's incredible. You are record holder, still African record holder, um, yeah. and you are record holder for Finland too, almost 70 meters as well. I think 69, 97, yeah, right? Yep. Just yep. under. Um, what do you think? Some countries have better luck with young men and young women coming into this sport. What do you think needs to be done for this sport to make it more interesting, uh, to have um, new blood, as they say? Right? Yeah, it's a difficult question um, <clears throat> because it's a sport where, uh, you know, you don't get the results immediately. You, mm. you, know, you need to spend time and it's not something that you, you master immediately. So. Uh, I don't know. Um, we've been thinking a lot of, you know, throwing on the beach. I think they did it once in Belgium or somewhere. They were throwing on the beach, throwing into a wind. Um, yeah. Here in Finland, we throw indoors, um, and it's. A, I think there's also there's also a big culture in Finland, especially around athletics, and and people know athletics and people understand you know, the sport, and, uh, and and kids start quite early here. Uh, so it's a, it's a, you know, there's a, almost a family, family feeling around athletics now. And of course, then on the other hand, we don't really have the, the big sports. You know, of course, there are guys that are playing American football and rugby, but they're not, the sports aren't that big. Um, you know, so then those guys are then channeled towards, towards athletics a little bit more. So we have, yeah. some, we have the discus, of course, we have the javelin throws that, that also makes it a lot easier. Yeah. You know, give some some. Uh, I don't want to Potential, say credibility, yeah. credibility, but it it gives some visibility to uh, to the sport. Mm. Least that that, that uh, I think it's pulls the people in. Mm. Um, and I mean, we do, we do have amazing um, young 
men and women coming in, records are being thrown. All right, 70 meters is going down. Javelin, you have Feta, Johannes Feta throwing 96. Chapel is amazing. Um, now, in terms of coaching, what would you be for those who are throwing? What are some things that you've noticed in yourself or athletes that you coach now uh, that are very important? You said doing other stuff than just mm -hmm. throwing, doing um, other muscles, other sports. What is something that you teach your athletes now that is different? Um, I think for me, a, a big thing, especially in, in Finland, there's also a big, because uh, uh, of course, Finnish people are quite strong naturally. Um, and they've been doing quite well in weightlifting. They've been doing quite well in strongman competition. So there, there is definitely a, uh, a streak in them in, in most of the Scandinavian countries. And, uh, and of course, the, the, the guys that have been throwing javelin off, you know, they, they've proven that too. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's always been to get the technique down first. So we do a lot of drills. We do a lot of Not things. Not bench pressing 200 kilos? No. <laughs> Sorry? Not bench pressing 200 kilos first? No, not first. No, no, no. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's been, it's been to get the technique down first because at the end of the day, it's much easier to get stronger than to, to fix the technique. Um, and, uh, and that's the type of thing that I try to teach the kids that I'm coaching. Um, but then also, uh, you know, I think it's, a, it's, it's very important to do other things, you know, to run a lot, to jump a lot, to, uh, you know, to try and develop the, the, the general mobility, because at some point you are going to need it, especially in throwing discus. You, 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 the idea is that you run over the circle. It's not, it's not just a, you know, just not just a turn or, or a spin. Yeah. Mm. it's not just arm you don't just throw with arm it's the whole body right? exactly um, and uh, exactly. I don't, exactly yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, it's almost it's almost like a dance and i there's one uh, thrower that mm. said discus throwers are best dancers i don't know if that's true for you <laughs> as well uh, <laughs> well if you can say discus throwing is a dance then i do it well but i don't dance any other style yeah. so much <laughs> i try but it does so well <laughs> Yeah. No, it, it's a skill, right? So because you have yeah. to spin around, you got to go around the circle, you jump a little bit, but you then you hit it with the whole body, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's a really um, uh, athletic athletic move. Uh, mm -hmm. Are there any exercises or something specific that you attribute to your success? You talk about throwing, how many number of throws? What was important for you that you knew, okay, this season I'm ready because I did I don't know, this many number of throws or I lifted this much? I think it was more, more about a feeling for me. Um, when I was throwing, we, we, uh, we did a lot of throws, yes, but not as much as, as, as maybe I know Garthanter was throwing quite a lot. And there was a lot, a lot said yeah. about how many throws he was throwing and how many throws he threw over 70 in training. And um, for me, it was more a feeling of, of the rhythm. If I could feel the rhythm. I could feel that they were smooth, you know, and, and, and that was that was more important for me. Um, I was also throwing a lot of implements, different implements, uh, heavy, uh, heavy bars, uh, three kilogram bar. Uh, we were throwing four kilogram shots, uh, and then from standing throw, of course, and then later on, you know, in the season, then we would go to the two and a half kilo uh, for standings, full turns. South African drills were very important for me. Um, and then, of course, uh, 
at the end of you know getting closer to the season then it was also very important to go uh to the lighter lighter distance and uh was throwing those quite a lot but um but there was always about the rhythm always keeping the rhythm and uh and and uh also medicine balls to a certain extent was were, were quite important but um that was more more for the general general type of conditioning to get the general type of conditioning ready and uh but uh but i think if uh if I have to attribute, you know, my success to something, I think it was maybe, uh, you know, throwing very heavy, heavy weights uh, from standing, because okay. of course that that was that was my technique that, that needed that, and uh, uh, that I think was 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 my secret, and and then of course the the rhythm, the double throw, always trying to get this double throw, this orbit that. Uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, that Mac Wilkins is talking about. There's a there's an orbit. Oh. You know, so coming out the back of the circle, throwing a discus, catching it, and then throwing again. That was very important for me. Yeah. Still yeah, is, it's actually. A, yeah, I remember you were like Harting, one of the you know, quote, quote unquote slowest starters, right? So you guys don't go mm. fast out of the back. Uh, but man, when you catch up at the end, that whip is, is so powerful. So that's what you're talking about, the rhythm. So you would exactly. time yourself exactly. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you look at what uh, uh, Ryan Krauser is doing these days, it's it's very similar, very very similar mm -hmm. type of uh, rhythm that he has than than what I was throwing with. I I recognize that, yeah. you know, and and it comes down to the fact that you have control always. Uh, so there's always a, a an element of control coming out the back, being in balance, and then driving forward. Because if you if you kind of off balance, then of course you're losing. Losing, uh, Energy. Uh, losing applicable power there. So, uh, so that's the that was the biggest big thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. No, uh, who's uh, when you look at uh, the rhythm? Who are some of your favorite throwers um, in terms of technique? Mm. Alekna, like these days or back in the days. Well, Alekna, both yeah. of them. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it just always seemed so easy. It seemed so so smooth and easy. Um, funny enough, uh, Fasekas always uh, fascinated me because I could never understand how he could handle that speed. Uh, he was very very fast. Um, but then, uh, of course, also then uh, okay, Gert Kanter. He was he was quite good. Um, as a technician and uh, and Harting, uh, Robert Robert Harting was uh, oh, yeah. you know there's there's a lot of guys that uh, that I say you know if you if you really want to see how hard he works on the left side to get that you know get into the circle in balance then then he's one of the guys ah, you need to check yeah. but uh, but I think also uh, from a from a technical point of view I've also told a lot of a lot of kids that if they want to model themselves then uh, and Mac Wilkins and uh, mm. Wolfgang Schmidt. Those are the two. Oh, yes. Wolfgang Schmidt. Those yeah. are the two that I like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... Uh, <laughs> for Wolfgang, I remember stories about him starting as a little kid, mm. uh, just doing drills in the ring, right? His, his uh, parents, was his dad would draw exactly where his feet needs to be because his technique looks so, looks so smooth. Mm. Uh, back in, mm. you know, 70s already. 
Um, mm. So yeah, yeah, definitely Wolfgang. Um, he's actually in Florida now. Um, okay. I'm yet to meet him. I met Mel Wilkins. I trained with Mel Wilkins for uh, for about six months, but I never met Wolfgang. Have you met Wolfgang? Uh, no. Are you through with no, him? Because no. it was it was too no, early. No, uh, no, I missed I missed him. <laughs> I, I missed him. I missed got Jurgen. Yeah. I got Jurgen. I didn't see. I didn't. Jurgen. Uh, Wolfgang. Yeah. yeah. No, I think there was a, there was a. Video and what do you think? There was a famous mm -hmm. video of him throwing in the I think 1976 European Championships. There was some coaching video, and and in this video the guy was talking, and uh, that's when I recognized this uh, this orbit and this double throw, mm -hmm. and how the path of the discus needs to go. And it was kind of like yeah. a like a light bulb going on. I said, "Shit, this is this is what this is how it should be done." And that's that. Mm. I think that was also a big influence on me. Yeah, because you were you had that what we talk about high orbit. You and Cantor, um, mm. you were looking for that. Uh, so it's very very uh, physical, uh, uh, or uh, yeah, physics, very physics, right? Biomechanically correct. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's that's also what you talk about feeling getting the discus light. How heavy was discus when you released it? Is it heavy? Is it, is it light when you know it's a good throw? How does it feel? It feels fast. Um, I think some of, the, some of the best throws I never felt. Um, but then there's been some really bad mm. throws that when you really pull on it and you really pull, then, then you feel it in the finger. But, uh, but the ones that are mm. you know, 70 meter throw, that was, that was very easy. <laughs> very easy. Yeah. Did you feel like, oh my God, I can throw even more now? <laughs> um, it's actually quite funny. In that competition, it was uh, there was a very strong wind uh, in the beginning of the of the competition, and then uh, you know, as the competition is hour long, so after a while, then the wind died down, became cold. You know, we I can there's there's videos where I can show that the, <clears throat> in the beginning of the of the competition, we all had shorts on, and we all had uh, you know, we were throwing and the wind was everywhere and then the last throw everybody had long tights on and jackets and everything so it was quite a, quite a big change and uh but that that was one of those days when you kind of feel like okay things are going to happen today the wind was blowing but i couldn't i think i had maybe a 68 as a uh, into this big wind but then the wind died down and i think then you also get to a point where you kind of uh give yourself to you know ah. Uh, now the wind is gone. What do I do now? So now I'm relaxed. Now there's no expectations, and then it happens. So it's it's, uh, it's quite a funny feeling in that sense. But uh, that's like you say, yeah. it was an easy throw. Yeah. It's no, it's amazing for me uh, for all discators uh, who are aspiring discators to see guys like you throw that far, but not just throw that far, but throw that far without wind. All right, so you uh, you didn't go to Chula Vista, you go to Salinas, right? Uh, the no. way it helps, obviously, but to be able to throw 68, 69, right, 70 in the closed stadiums or no wind, that's that's so uh, that's so powerful. Um, and I, when I watch you guys to do that, it just looks amazing. But like you said, it's effort, it looks effortless for you. Um, so what? What? But what do you think? It's um, limit of human abilities right so there's a lot of generations there are different generations now throwing far uh you know the flirting with 70 71 72s uh only two mm. guys 73 well three guys over 73 uh what do you what do you think is there such a thing as human limit you know or what's the what they 
well, how far do you think World Raider can go? No, I was, um, I think it was in the, in the World Championships this year, I was looking in and uh, I was chatting with uh, Robert Weir and mm. I, have, I have this theory that um, I think that there are limits to what a human, human can do. Um, of course, it, it, uh, it depends also, of course, it, the throws depend a lot on, you know, on, on the wind conditions, uh, if it's, the wind conditions, it's cold. Yeah. Um, but then also you need to think, um, uh, you know, what is, what is really possible for, for a clean athlete? And I thought that, okay, if we yeah. think shot put, I think maybe 23 is, is, is that limit to a certain degree. Uh, if you think hammer throw, maybe 81, 82 is maybe that limit. Javelin throw 90 meters, more or less. Of course you get the outliers that go over that. But, uh, but I think that's maybe the, the, the limit where everything ends. And then for discus throw, it's around 70 meters. But I think that uh, that's, the, that's the limit for us. But Because uh, if, if you think over the years, that's always been the big mark, the 70 meter mark. Everybody's been chasing that ever since maybe, let's say, 96, 97. Everybody's been chasing that mark. And, uh, but, the, but the difference is, is that I think the... the you know, in the last few years, it's just that there's been many more guys that have been getting closer to that mark. So the competition is getting tighter. You don't have the, you know, the guy that throws 70 and everybody else is throwing 68. Now you have three, four, five guys that are very close together and win any competition. I think that's, uh, that's uh, yeah. something we need to Yeah, but not like three, four guys. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on a, on the women's side now, you think about the same about seventy because it looks mm-hmm. like we have Valerie now. You have Sandra about mm-hmm. seventy meters uh, as well. Um, now you threw famously one k discus really far. Was it ninety mm-hmm. plus ninety five? What was it? Yeah, we had a we were in training camp in, uh, in Portugal. Come, yeah, how did it come about? Yeah, how did it come about? And uh, myself and Tero Pitkamaki, the uh, javelin thrower. Uh, this was maybe, I think it was maybe 2008, 2009. And uh, we were sitting at breakfast and he said, oh, he needs to throw his javelin today. And he, he, he's going to go for 90 meters. I said, okay, I'll, I'll challenge you. Let's see who gets closest to 90. And uh, he says, yeah, yeah, you can't throw two kilos. And then I'll throw one kilo discus and you throw your javelin and we'll see uh, how yeah, close we yeah, can yeah. get. And uh, and luckily there was some media there around taking videos and uh, and some uh, some promotional uh, pictures. And so we in in the training session I said, okay, well give me that one kilo. Let's see how far it goes. But uh, but funny enough, I actually saw now on uh, on social media was it yesterday that uh, Mikolas took a one k and, and tried to throw that as well. There was somebody that said there was a guess how far that went. So I would yeah. I would be interested to see how far he threw that because yeah. I think uh, I think also Jurgen Schult at some point he got the close to 80, 82, 83 meters with a one. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's hard. Of course, to hit. I don't know if it's it's very hard, very very. Yeah, hard. it needs some speed and uh, yeah. and I think I think Valerie is is actually doing quite well and uh, I think if if you really want to model technique then uh, I think she's the one to do that at the moment. I think I don't think there's anybody better with a better technique at the moment. On the men's side. And then men's side, you would say probably uh, Mikolas or... Mm, um, mm, mm. 
yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. The the the, the disc is sized gives is is a big uh, has a big yeah, effect on, technique, on the mechanics right? and how it goes. Yeah, but I think those are quite good. Yeah. Did you? So you mentioned you were throwing heavy stuff, three k. Uh, you throw pipes. Did you peak for the right? You know, obviously, for the right meets, World Championships, or Olympic Games, with mm. throwing less and lighter, or how? How did you? How did you peak? How did you get ready for the big meet? Um, it was quite difficult in the early days in South Africa because I was we we had a South African season, which would been then be uh, having our national championships in. April, uh, and then break down again, and then go into Europe. So a lot of the throwing with the heavier implements was done, uh, let's say May, June, uh, but then also in September, September October, when we started training. Um, but then of course it was uh, we did a lot of throwing with the heavier stuff early. The peaking um, would always be it would it would taper down for sure over the season. And I think this is maybe one thing where where my coach taught me a lot of things was you know how to taper, how to get things ready, how to get yourself ready into it when when things when you really need to be ready. Um, and I think we we hit it many times. We hit it on the mark, but of course there was one or two, one or two times where we were maybe a week early or a week late. But um, but the thing is, you know, four four to six weeks before. Before a major competition, then you then you definitely need to start going quicker and, and, and start throwing lighter and, and maybe even even though there is a balance, you need to always keep the balance between you know throwing heavy to keep the technique right because that's also the other thing is it's not always we don't don't always do the you know, throw the heavier it's just for for power throwing you know to get the muscles ready you know, to throw a big throw but also um, to adjust technique. To work on certain technique. issues in the technique, because of course, if you have a heavier, a heavier implement in your hand, it's much easier to get the legs around. And so you get a better separation. These type of things also work into it. But um, so those are those are all elements that we needed to take into account. But uh, but four to six weeks, you know, when you're in a competition competition cycle, um, definitely, and need to start uh, looking into. Doing things faster and doing things much uh, much better, better from a, from a speed perspective. Yeah. What's uh, if you would throw a two point five three k disc? You didn't throw three k discus. You would no, say no. you go two point five. What's the mm -hmm. what would be conversion between two point five and two for you? Um, <clears throat> conversion meaning. Uh, so like uh, Malachowski, Malachowski, Piotr Malachowski, he would throw. He said, "If I throw over sixty with two point five, I, I know I can go over seventy. So for him, it will be a ten meter difference." Yeah, um, for me, it was more a question of uh, my standing throws. So mm. if I would, so if I would throw a sixty with a standing throw, then I know I'm in seventy meter shape. Wow! Yeah, yeah. It was always that ten meter difference there. Um, then the other thing is, if I was going to be throwing two and a half, two and a half kilogram pipe, mm. uh, or like a like a stick, um, okay, or a bar, depending on, on yeah. where you are. I know the the the, the Germans talk about sticks, mm. talk about bars, but that I think that one was the one that if I could get around 
55 with a standing or not with a standing but with a with a like a half turn south african turn then i knew i was in shape those those, those were the, the kind of the, the kpis i had they were quite strange but um but like i said in in, in training never threw really very hard uh, if i ever went over 60 in training with the you know, with full turns and it was it was very rare mm. um but uh but sometimes i did get some good throws out and i knew okay now we're on now we're on but uh yeah. two and a half kilo disc is 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 very difficult in that sense um because it is it is much slower than usual but uh but from a power perspective, I think when from my standing throws, I could uh, I could measure it out. Maybe let's say uh, 50, 50 on a stand with the two and a half. That was that was maybe Oof. maybe the the Oof. threshold for me. Yeah, that's mm. amazing. Um, what I yeah, that's that's. I mean, you are a power thrower, right? What they call in America power throw, they mean mm. not reverse, right? So you're a power mm. thrower. Uh, you mean that means that you have to have a good stand throw. Uh, what was really impressive and I think important for we have a, a lot of a young audience, a lot of coaches listening, uh, mm -hmm. especially young coaches who are who are maybe not discus throwers. Uh, in, they were not discus throwers, but they were throwers. Um, it's important to, to note that it's, that you didn't throw far in practices, right? So you have all these kids that put the measuring tapes, right, and they're practicing mm -hmm. with the measuring tape to see how far mm -hmm. they're throwing. But you say you never chased those big. Um, big marks in practice but still olympic medalist one of the best of all time mm -hmm. uh 70 meters so how would you uh how would you explain that so obviously you don't need to throw far in practice right mm -hmm. uh, was it something that came from your coach or from you how did you uh um, for that urge to throw far in practice <laughs> no i think okay i think maybe also um let's, uh, to take things into perspective is um when when I was throwing each training session, we would start with standing throws and then we'd go to uh, South African drills, and then at the end we would do the full turns. Um, by the time I got to the full turns, my arm was so tired from throwing all the other things from the stand throws that, that you know that I didn't really put in that much effort into those throws. But one one thing that was very important for us was was to um, to make sure that the technique was correct. Um, you know when we're doing the full turns and mm -hmm. one thing that we did was we, we would uh do target practice oh. so i would take a i would take a towel out and put it maybe 55 uh between 55 and 60 meters and mm -hmm. then in the full turn i would then try and throw that target as many times as possible and the reason for that i would yeah. then focus on on training this 80 percent uh mm -hmm. you know uh, intensity uh, mm -hmm. and, and getting that right and then perfecting the technique around that you mm -hmm. know so that when you're in a competition then you can just go out full out and blast and okay. don't have to think about the competition don't have to think about the technique or yeah. anything like that oh i i think that's uh i wish i had my coach tell me that um because you know like my like most of us we will chase those big big throws in practice and then you come to mm. meet and then you throw much less and you're very disappointed right so like oh i mm. practice i hit this and warm up i hit this uh but i think what is important to say, uh, note what you what you were you're doing is you're getting that power from the stand throws right so you're mm. developing that strength developing that power uh, and then making sure that when you go on a full technique it lines up 
Um, mm. So that's, I think that's a really, really good. Uh, it's hard approach, but that's a really good approach. That stand throw is very important. It is. Yeah, it is tough, and even even in the in the athletes that I'm coaching at the moment, it's very mm. difficult for them to to not put in a full, yeah, uh, you know, full effort in a in a full turn. Um, and, and that's when you make the mistakes. You know, you you either pull yourself down because you want to throw far, you let it go because you you know going too fast mm. at the end and not not bringing the hip through. Um, but mm. then again, if you if you then have this target and you know you don't have to put in that much effort to get it there, um, you know, then you can concentrate on doing things right, and there's yeah. less less risk of of of, uh, of screwing it up. You know, when when you get it done. And that's the thing is that when I was growing up, the way I would learn things was by doing it over and over and over and over. The repetitions was there. I yeah. can remember there was there was times because um, my first coach, uh, the discus throwing coach, he was still throwing himself. And we what we would do is some afternoons we'd go from school to where his coach was coaching him and some other mm. throwers. And uh, what we, what I would then do is then watch what they were doing. And he'd tell me, okay, uh, this is what you need to concentrate on today. So mm. right next to the circle where, where they were throwing, I would go into a circle and I would be doing one drill for the whole hour. Only one oh, drill. Wow. And that wow. was it for the day. That was what I wow. would need to do. And he would come every now and then, come and check if it's working and if it's right. And that was yeah. the way that I learned, you know, to use my hip. That was the way I learned to turn around the left foot in the back of the circle uh that's how i learned to you know do the stand throw and push through and, and, and get everything the way that it is and those are the type of things you know if you get it down first time you know you have it for the rest of your life maybe that's why i can still throw because i you know, those things are so, yeah. so imprinted that uh you can't forget it no uh, very very important um i think to to uh uh, listen to this and, uh, and write it down for our audience uh, how efficient you were, right? So some of you hear these stories about Ryan Krauser, his parents mm. having him do drills, right? When he was uh, mm. when he was young, uh, Wolfgang Smith, right? He's doing the drills, uh, a lot of drills. So what you're saying is it's really important to establish that technique even without throwing. And then when yep. the implement comes, uh, you, you would know what to do and you'll be actually more effective with it. So mm. your advice is to take, to be a little patient at the beginning and do of drills. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you need to do the drills, and that and that's what I said in the earlier. You know, earlier, it's also is that you know it's it's hard to sell a, a sport where you know you need yeah. to work hard for a long, long, long time before you can actually see any improvement or any any results. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, but if you if you are crazy enough to put in the work, then then it's going to pay off in the end. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I I think it's it's an incredible sport. Uh, one of the few that you can really travel the world and have mm -hmm. friends from all over the place. Especially now that mm -hmm. we are more connected with social media, with internet. Uh, you know, we're talking. You're in Finland now, so you're ten hours, and for some reason you get up at four a.m. This is amazing. That's why you're champ, <laughs> right? You have your routine. Uh, but now, yeah, the sport is is the world wide. You know, like you said, people from all over the world. You go to Australia, you have friends, you have throwers. Mm -hmm. You go to South Africa, you're obviously from there, uh, and you have Wolfgang Schmidt. You know, people in America, Mac Wolfskins. Uh, so I think for young uh, throwers now, that's that's important to note. Like, hey, you can mm -hmm. see the world. You have mm -hmm. friends from all the world, and we all appreciate the struggle. We all know how hard it is. 
So mm. when I talk to you, I'm like, oh man, you do this, right? Because I know how hard it is, right? <laughs> uh, so I think that's one of the selling points we have here in the US as well um, that we're doing with athletes. Like, hey, it's not just you're going to get a scholarship or you're going to, you know, go to, to a certain championships, but you are going to travel the world. Um, mm. And what is your, one of your favorite meets? Because you, you threw everywhere and you threw everywhere far. What are some favorite yeah, I, places you uh, threw at? Fa favorite places, I think, uh, is Zurich. The uh, Weltklasse in Zurich was always the favorite place. Um, they had a German corner, and the discus throw was in that German corner. Uh, because, of course, uh, Lars Riedel was always throwing there. So, uh, oh, so his, his, supporters, long, his supporters always were sitting in that one corner. And, uh, and I think I went to that competition probably maybe eight or nine times in succession. And, uh, and uh, of course, also, I threw some big distances there. Sometimes I was forced to throw quite big. Uh, we had some some quite uh, <laughs> quite tough tough qualification uh, ah. standards in South Africa. So uh, I think at the ones oh, yeah. uh, I think for 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 Sydney Olympics, I had to break the African record to actually qualify. For the, and, yes. uh, and that, I had a window, and that was the window. Zurich was in that window, so uh, that was quite good. But I could do it there. No, oh, you threw, yeah, you threw far everywhere in, in France, in in Finland, mm -hmm. in uh, Africa. Uh, you didn't have to come up to certain meets. You threw everywhere uh, far, mm -hmm. which is very, very impressive too. Um, but that's the thing, right? Like you have, yeah, you don't have to throw as far, guys. You don't have to throw as far as uh, Franz Kruger here to, to to travel the world. You can throw 60 meters too. <laughs> uh, they're they're all mm -hmm. the meets, but you were there during uh, uh, Golden League, right? So you threw a Golden mm -hmm. League meet, which is now exactly. Diamond League. Um, was that stressful? How, how did you manage? I have only a couple more questions before before I let yeah. you go. Um, how were, did you manage to have you mentioned season in South Africa, which was obviously started early, go through all these European meets and stay at a high level for so many months? How did you stay in, in shape that long? Um, well, it, of course, that was we were always looking at the Americans and how they would do that, but. Um, my training was was very much based on the old East German way of training. So there was mm -hmm. a lot of lot of volume, at the beginning of the season, um, okay. and then you basically build up a type of a uh, let's say like a bank, uh, some savings of, of you know you build up some form, um, and then through the season we would then uh, very much just rely on on, uh, on keeping trying to keep that form, but then also. Uh, a lot of the periodization was was basically set on a double peak for the season. So the first peak would then be uh, early in, in, in April. And then we would break down a little bit and then go into uh, like a mini mini winter type of training. So heavy throws, heavy weights. Um, and then as soon as the season then started, then then it would basically fan out. And uh, they would keep this, uh, uh, what do we call it? Um, the maintenance maintenance training so what not too much not too you know not too little but just to try and keep a form through the through the season because this is something that uh, yeah. i saw many many of the shot putters especially you know guys like um uh there's a, there's a few guys that were throwing when i was when i was in you know throwing in the golden league and they would be you know at, at a high level all the time it was quite interesting mm. to see how they were trained it was more mm. a question of you know this maintenance of uh, you know your your 
mesocycles and your microcycles and how you manage, you know, to keep keep the cycle running within a very short time. So within a week, you would basically go from a, you know, having a heavy session in the in early in the week, you know, to light yeah. session late in the week. So those those uh, you know, small ripples in the, yeah. in the, in the, uh, in the form, that type of stuff okay. is very interesting to play with, especially now also because uh, you know body is getting older and it's a little bit more. Uh, more sensitive to these changes, so uh, it's uh, it's quite in, quite interesting to do these experiments these days. Also, well, you are you are a scientist, I would say, of, of this sport. You are a student of this sport. You're drawing so long. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm saying that in a good way. Right? You've been drawing for so long. No, I'm it's still so going to go on. So don't worry. And that's the thing, right? I I told uh, Jason uh, yesterday. I'm like, Jason, guess when Franz is gonna retire? He's like, let me guess, never. <laughs> I'm like, you're <laughs> pretty much right. <laughs> you're pretty much right. <laughs> so, well, that's yeah, impressive that uh, you're gonna continue. See. And I hope you meant, yeah, you mentioned you want to throw. Your goal would be to throw far with the 1.5 when you change categories, right? Yeah, it's a few years to come. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. The, the the world record, I think, is sixty eight at the moment. So so that's some okay. that's a goal. Well, Jason and I, like I said, we'll we'll live uh, vicariously through you. So we wish you the best. Um, <laughs> but also for, for the for the end, Franz, like I said, um, just one more question. So you're coaching. You've been throwing. Mm -hmm. What are some advice and things that you stress with your young athletes, with your athletes that you have now? Uh, they are very important. You, you mentioned technique and, and drills. Uh, mm -hmm. What is something that you would suggest athletes starting, you know, coaches and parents uh, and you know, athletes who are looking to get into the sport uh, for those first two, three years? Okay. I think it's very, it's very important not to try and do it alone. Um, I think it's very good to, to have, you know, friends around you, people to train with. I think that's, that's the most important thing. Um, and then of course, be patient. That I think is, is, is a very important thing as just to keep keep going because you know you yes there is this uh, you know ten thousand steps or ten thousand repetitions you need to go through to become a master in something but um, you know it's not a it's not a straight line it's a it's steps you go a step and then you're stuck for a while and then you get a step and then you're stuck for a while and then you get a step and that takes a lot of a lot of uh, patience to get through those steps. So, uh, you know, if, if there's anybody out there that, you know, get a, get a teammate, get a, you know, be part of a team, get a coach that, you know, that you can enjoy the sport with. I think that's very important just to enjoy what you're doing. Uh, you know, don't be, don't be hung up with distances. Don't be hung up with, you know, with, with, with you know, measurements and, and these things. Yeah. It's not, it's not important until the competition day. Uh, and it, it helps with the helps with the uh, with the enjoyment. And, uh, yeah. But uh, but there needs to be and and like you said, you know this this camaraderie that we have. You know this is where that starts. You know you have friends. You you might might only have friends in your training team. You know, then after that, you have friends at the next meet. You know two two cities down the road. You know and later on, you you have friends across the world. Those type of things. This yeah. is this is how that starts. And. Uh, you know, we enjoy the sports. We're brothers in arms. We've struggled together. We've gone through a lot of things, and uh, I think that's what's keeping the community alive. And that, that's, mm. I think that's that's the great thing. No, and uh, I, I, uh, you, you couldn't say it best. Uh, especially these days, you can get a coach mm. now uh, and buddies uh, online, right? So you're coaching. I know you're coaching remotely to uh, a couple mm. of athletes. Mm. 
so I do encourage uh, anybody who wants to uh, reach out to uh, France here. Uh, you are an encyclopedia of, of, of knowledge of this sport, and uh, it's great what you're doing. For uh, and not many people do that after their career or during their career too. Mm. Uh, to give back, right? And you're giving back. Mm. You're teaching back. Uh, and you don't have to, but I think that's that's really uh, really important for the sport uh, that that you're doing that. And I know a couple other athletes. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, so Franz, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know it's it's the beginning of the day over there. Uh, mm. I don't want to take too much of your day. Uh, and we'll uh, and I can I can stop this and uh, record. We'll we'll uh, we'll post this on our social media. We'll post it on our uh, YouTube as well. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much no for your problem. time. No and I really hope you throw that world record. I know Jason and I will, will have you know we'll be here watching wherever it is, and you can come to California too. We'll be watching from the stands. Yeah, I might need to make a trip down to California to come and do that there. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah.